0: Welcome to the worship service at the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Hayward, California, a multicultural church in the San Francisco East Bay that worships on the seventh-day Sabbath, Saturday. The Ministry of the Word by Pastor Paul Penno is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to forgive sin and save from sin by his cross and ministry as priest in the heavenly sanctuary the third angel's message in Verity. Join us now as the service is in progress.
1: Happy Sabbath Church. I trust we had a good week. You know, mine was very, very eventful. Very, very busy at work these days and I had to train two people and my wife went into surgery And to top all that off, the pastor asked me to do this sermon today. But you know, it brought me much comfort to prepare this message because when you're spending time with the Lord, it makes everything all right, doesn't it? It quiets everything, and you come in communion with the Lord, and you get stronger. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, speak today. Speak to your congregation. Speak to the speaker of the hour. Let us today, Lord, as we look into the mirror in the message that we really need to hear today, that you teach us and show us how to change and become more like thee. Let people, when they see us, see you. And let this message help in some way to each and every one of us to become like you. Speak today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. The scripture reading today was about parables. But I want to show you, brothers and sisters, what parables mean to me. You know we serve a wise God. And we put up barriers between our communication with him. And one thing he brought for us to break down that barrier is parables. Because in parables, you can see yourself more clear when you come out of your own skin and see someone else. You know, when God gave us parables, he gave it to us for us to wake up. For instance, you can be committing sins... You can be cruel to others and you can be judgmental and not even know it. But a parable will show you where you are. And you can know it and God will wake you up and show you that he knows. You know, seeing outside of ourselves wakes us up. And I want to talk to you this morning about King David. How We know the story about him and Bathsheba, don't we? And we know what he did to get Bathsheba and all the things that he did. As David was enjoying his life in sin, the prophet Nathan was sent by the Lord to speak to David about what he was doing. And how did Nathan show David what he was doing? By taking David out of his own skin and showing him someone else who was doing something horrendous? He told him the story about a man who took, a rich man who took a poor man's all lamb and killed it. Even though the poor family thought of this lamb as one of the family, the rich man took it and didn't have any feelings for what he did. So he asked David to judge this man. And what was David's judgment? He said, As the Lord liveth, this man shall die. And what did the prophet Nathan say to David? What did he say? Thou art the man. You see how parables can show us what we're doing? God was wise, wasn't he? And praise the Lord, David did repent. God knows our character, and he knows it's easy for us to pass judgment on another before we look at ourselves. So God shows us in parables and in Bible characters. You know, who do you represent in a character or a Bible story? The Good Samaritan? Do you represent Dorcas? Or when you see the Apostle Peter, does he parallel your life? Or the widow with the two mites? You know, you could be all these characters in the Bible and you can relate to them. But I want you to hold on to your seats, because when it comes to parables and Bible stories, you could also be acting as Satan himself. This leads me to the topic this morning, and I want you to get your Bibles ready. In the Sabbath school lessons, we're studying about people in the Bible that we just cross over, and they're in the shadows of the great people of the Bible. But they have many wonderful stories, and this is one that I want us to look at today. I want to show you a brief story that has a lot of information for the state of our church today. And I want us to take up our Bibles and turn to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 3. We're going to start with Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1 to 5. Say amen when you have it. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 1 to 5. This is a vision from the prophet Jeremiah. It says in verse 1 Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan, and the Lord who has cleansed Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not a brand, is not Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. Small story, isn't it? But it's packed with information today. You know, let's look at the characters in this story. We will see that the angel of the Lord is representative of Jesus himself. The first character on the right hand is the accuser, Satan. Then another character are the others assisting the angel of the Lord. And then last not to mention is Joshua, the high priest, standing before the Lord in filthy clothing. I gave you three characters besides the angel of the Lord. And we're one of those characters today, as we'll see. Let's start with the high priest Joshua. This this event begins with Joshua standing before the Lord in filthy clothing. A man that we would not choose to be high priest. But as it's always said, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Amen? God doesn't call the perfect, but he calls the willing. The high priest Joshua stands at attention and humbleness before the Lord and focused. I'm so impressed with Joshua because as he stands with his eyes focused on the Lord, he's not hearing what the accuser is saying. His eyes are focused on the Lord. Church, there's a lot of Joshua's here today. Waiting for cleansing or waiting for more cleansing of the Lord. And we need to leave that to God, don't we? We were never supposed to entertain others' faults, but instead we were called to uplift and help with the good. You can speak on behalf of the opposition, you can speak in his place, and you can act as him. And we're going to look at that this morning in a verse of Matthew 16. Let's turn to Matthew 16 and verse 21. In Matthew 16, Jesus is spending a lot of time with the Apostle Peter. But i like to think of Jesus walking with Peter and putting his arm around him and speaking to him alone, away from the crowd. And we want to look at that conversation today. Matthew 16 and verse 21. Do we all have it? Amen. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised the third day. I'm reading from the New King James. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, who? Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So we could speak on his behalf, can't we? Brothers and sisters, Satan can use any one of us. Notice something also about the accusations that's used against Joshua that are true. He stands in filthy clothing. It's true that he stands with his sins because all of our righteousness is his what? Filthy rags. So it is true that he stands in filthy clothing. But Satan does not have sense to know that Joshua, that the Lord is not finished with Joshua. Amen. So the next time you see your brother and sister in error, maybe the Lord is not finished with them yet. Why does Satan stand and accuse us? Because he knows we can do some good, and he's trying to discourage us, brothers and sisters. Think of of that the next time you want to entertain bad talk about your fellow brother and sister. Joshua the high priest did not speak on his own behalf. The Lord spoke for him. Amen? Let's go back to the book of Zechariah again. Let's look at these verses some verses again. Let's turn to Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 1. Let's go back to it. I'm going to read verse 1 and 2 again. We should never forget these verses. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And who is the angel of the Lord? Jesus. And Satan, standing at his right hand to oppose him, And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Why did God call him a stick snatched from the fire? You see, the fire represents our trials. It represents all of our worldliness that would have consumed us if God didn't take us out. Amen. If he didn't take you out of that stick and that fire you were in, you would have been consumed in your sins. And that goes for your brothers and sisters. So we need to praise God that he plucked us out. Not just yourself, but your brother and sister. Amen. Let's also praise the Lord that he didn't let us be consumed. You know, brothers and sisters, our eyes are clouded. Sometimes we just look at each other's faults, and I'm going to share with you the reason we do that. One day, a lady was was at, in her family room. She went there every Sunday morning to relax in her chair while her husband did household chores around the yard and different things. And as she looked out the window, like clockwork, there was a lady putting her laundry on the line. And she stopped her husband and she said, Look, every Sunday I notice this lady, the same time she's putting her clothes on the line, they're dirty. Why is she putting dirty clothes on the line? Her husband didn't speak. It happened every Sunday. She would tell her husband, Look, the dirty clothes on the line, what, what is wrong with her? So as time went on, she went to her chair. She sat back, and like clockwork, the woman is putting the laundry up. And she told her husband, come see, quick. And he comes, and he says, what? She says, all the clothes are clean now. She's putting clean clothes on the line. And the husband looks at her, his wife, with a smirk and says, no, dear. I just cleaned the windows. Jesus says in Revelation chapter three and verse 18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. That's what Joshua is receiving. And Jesus continues and anoint thy eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. He needs to clean the window of our eyes. The song says, he looked beyond all my fault and saw my need. Is that Jesus to you? He wants in turn for us to be that way with our brothers and sisters. Amen? I was driving one day, and it was before I became a Christian. It was really funny. I saw a a, um, bumper sticker. And it had an abbreviation, very long abbreviation. It says B-P-W-M-G-I-N-F-W-M-I. Anybody ever saw that? You know what that makes you do? It makes you get closer to the car to see what they're talking about. Because at the bottom of the abbreviation, it says what it means. So I try to get closer to the car. B-P-W-M-G-I-N-F-W-M-Y. Has anybody ever seen that? just me you know what it said underneath be patient with me god is not finished with me yet amen i'm asking that of my brothers and sisters what a shame joshua got this far to stand before the lord for cleansing but that wasn't good enough for satan think about it god didn't wait for joshua to be perfect but satan thought he did I say again, brothers and sisters, and always remember, God is not looking for someone perfect, but someone willing. God doesn't, qualify the, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. You see, Jesus said we have to think different from the world. If I was to be a manager at my job, they're going to look for qualifications, aren't they? We don't do that here, do we? If God called someone, he called them. And it's our job to help assist them in what they've been called to do. And we'll see that in some verses. Brothers and sisters, give God time to do his work in others. If it's not happening fast enough for you, it has to happen in God's time. Cleansing is a process. Don't stand at Christ's right hand and accuse your brothers and sisters. Remember this. If your eyes are off of Jesus and set on someone else they're actually off of Jesus you know Peter and Jesus spent a lot of time alone together and one of the real special times they spent together the Lord talked to Peter and told Peter how he was going to die do you remember that he was going to die a glorious death for the Lord and about his life And as they're talking, Peter sees John walk by and he says, well, what about him? And Jesus says, that's none of your business. I'm calling you to follow me. Get the point? Jesus said, I'm calling you to follow me. What happens between me and John is me and John's business. Did Peter get the message? Nope. You know what happened? There was a rumor going around that John would never die. Because he took his eyes off of Jesus. And when we do that, brothers and sisters, there's disastrous results. Disastrous. With our doctrine, with everything else, we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and not on each other. The only time our eyes should be focused on each other is if we're to help and love one another. Last but not least, the character in this story are the others. Those that stood before Christ are, in another translation, others standing there. That's who I want to be, brothers and sisters. The others work for the Lord, and they help complete the process for the Lord. The Lord rejected the accusations of Satan, and he rebuked them. Then he called on the others to help assist them with the high priest. He asked the others to help remove the filthy clothing of Joshua. Wow. Remove the filthy clothing of Joshua. Help in the process of cleaning this man. That's what we should do with everyone here. We should uplift each other and help each other become clean. The prophet Zechariah also suggested that Joshua be, giving, be given a clean turban on his head. Jesus commanded the others, and they did their work while the Lord stood by. As a matter of fact, in verse 7, the Lord gave Joshua the privilege to walk among the others. He told Joshua, it would be a privilege that I'm giving you to walk among the others. If we're the others, it'd be a privilege for all of us to walk together. Amen. It, it should be a privilege. You know, during the week, the earth beats us up enough. We shouldn't come here for that. We should come here for refuge and love and acceptance. Amen? We should actually feel privileged to walk amongst each other. Are we doing that? Are we assisting each other? I found something else about the others. They have nothing to do with the accusations. They're not listening to him either. They're not judging. They're not murmuring. They wait for God's command to assist him. We, church, are called to uplift, assist, and love and care for one another. A wise sister once told me, when there were so many complaints about a person, she told me, why can't we see how far this person has come? Why can't we build on that instead of the bad traits and the things that we see? Here's the moral to the story. God didn't hide anything from us. He showed us things about his people and he wanted us to see the triumphs and the tragedies of his people for us to learn from them. But some people can't wait for God to finish his work. They think God is going too slow, so they make moves. Let's say King David came to the Hayward Church and he told you he was a prophet and he was a man after God's own heart. But because of what David did in his past, he was suffering consequences for the rest of his life. His children did unspeakable things, It's still unspeakable today. His family was in disarray because of what he did with Bathsheba. And he had to suffer for the rest of his life. So David came here. And you know about his children. You know about his wives. But will you still read the Psalms? Will you still listen to David's advice? Or will you judge? You see, if you haven't stepped in someone's shoes, you don't know what they're going through. We're too busy seeing people have to be on this road that we think they should be on. What about the prophet Samuel? Let's say he came to be a member of this church. You know, we can't find fault in Samuel until the children of Israel wanted a king that they can see. They said, we want to be like other nations. And Samuel tried to talk to the children of Israel. And you know what excuse they used? They didn't want God anymore. They wanted a king they could see. And they told Samuel the prophet. They said, number one, Samuel, you're getting too old. And number two, your children are terrible. So Samuel became discouraged. And when he went to the Lord, the Lord said to Samuel, they're not rejecting you, Samuel. Who are they rejecting? God. Think about that the next time we want to share something bad about someone else. Who are you really rejecting? So, brothers and sisters, don't become discouraged and don't give up. But we need to watch how we treat our brothers and sisters. Because we don't set the standard, God does. Amen? Watch what you speak. The Bible says every idle word will come into judgment. Like David, some are suffering consequences for the rest of their lives. They need love, they need hope, and they need refuge. People in the world are looking for love in all the wrong places. And we heard that millions of times. But God leads them here, and we fail them. The world and the church, all of us are looking for fulfillment. We're looking for a thirst that only Jesus can fill in the well of Christ. But people have to see that in us. A long, long time ago, a plan was made. A plan for a sacrifice. A sacrifice for enemies. A plan that showed love that cannot be measured a plan that would call for God himself to come down to be like one of us. It was to teach us how to love and how to sacrifice. But now some of us treat each other the way we treat each other makes a mockery out of that sacrifice. We need to go back to the cross and see the cost and appreciate it, then we can appreciate each other. You know a rich man... He had two things. He, he was a billionaire. He had two things he loved more than anything in the world. His car and his wife, in that order. Some days, he would just rush to go to the store for her, no matter what she needed. He just wanted to get in that car. Some days, she didn't have anything for, for him to pick up, so he'd just drive down the road, the windy road, and just look at his car, look at the inside, get out of the car look at it. He just loved it. Until one night, he was driving down the windy road, and a drunk driver was on the other side. And they collided. And once they collided, he became totally disfigured. His face and his body. He stayed in the hospital for months and months on end, and finally went home. He was able to walk, but he was totally disfigured totally disfigured he changed the lock on his bedroom door and he let no one in his family no one not even his wife she knocked on the door and begged to come in and he said I'm sorry you can't come in no one's going to see me and she cried and she said how much they loved each other and she tried to remind him all the good times she said I want to come in and take care of you I'm your wife He said, I don't want anyone to take care of me, and I don't want anyone to see me like this. So every day she banged on the door, crying and screaming, and she would sleep next to the door. She loved her husband. But to no avail, he wouldn't let her in. So one day, there was a knock on the door. And he said, I have been hired from your wife. I'm a surgeon. I need to come see you. He said, they told me this can't be fixed. I don't want to see any surgeon. He said, you don't understand. Your wife sent me to come see you. I need to see you. He said, no. The surgeon knocked for days. He'd go home, he'd come back, and he'd knock again. He wouldn't stop knocking. And the man said, go away. I won't see anyone. And the surgeon said, you don't understand. I've been hired by your wife. I need to see you. No. Then one day the surgeon came and he knocked louder. And he said, you don't understand. I've been hired by your wife. I need to see you. And he said, no. The surgeon said, your wife wants me to see you so I can make her look like you. That's what Jesus did. We put up the barrier of communication with him. He knocked on the door. We didn't listen. We didn't hear. And he disfigured himself to become one of us because he loved you that much. He came down like one of us to show us how to love one another through the way he loved us. And I want to say this in closing. In John 17, Christ prayed. He prayed for us. He prayed that we become one. He wanted us to love each other and become one. He prayed to his father for that. That we become one in love. That we walk together. He's answered many, many of your prayers, hasn't he? Let's answer that prayer for him. Amen. (laughs)
0: Join us again next time for the word of God, which will feed the soul. I am committed to bring you the fullness of the gospel as Jesus has revealed it to us in order to prepare a people for his soon coming.